just because you're good today doesn't mean you don't need to be like continuously thinking about how do you get in front of shit that will come up in the future. You may not yeah. have to get back to work. You definitely ha- need a blueprint. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. What's up, everybody? Scott here, obviously. Uh, since I am the host of this podcast today, I have with me my my good friend Keith and uh, dude, guys. We've been talking, and I'm I just wanted to pick it up right where. We were leaving off because I was like, I should have hit record. Keith, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it, brother. Glad to be here for sure. Long time coming. I'm pumped to have you. And we just jumped right into a conversation about communication. And then it went to the story about you being on a on the plane. And you just said something. And you you, you probably haven't seen my content. And I do this more in person than I do online. And one of the things that it's, it's corny, I, I coined a, a, a term for it, which is something that's, you know, you just need to do. And it's called the hundred percent principle. So I was talking to a bunch of men. They're like, well, I do my 50% in marriage. I do my 50% and taking care of the kids. I'm like, well, that's bullshit. You are responsible for a hundred percent. And every single thing about your relationships is 100% on you. The only thing you can control is you. So what do you need to fix? If you need to fix your, your relationship with your wife, that's right. It's you. And you just laid that out for me. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, dude, I've been walking this earth for 41 years, right? Well, crawled for a little bit of time there, but then when I started walking, it was you just straight came up out right. walking. You came yeah. out walking, dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think what happens is we force change. We force the outside to match what we want on the inside. Right. So, so as we look through the paradigm, hey, there's two realities in which we live in. There's the internal energy reality and the self-manifestation reality of our inner being of how we talk self-talk and self-development and, and all the things we think internally. And then there's the external world. Well, the external world from what I'm learning, because no one told me this in elementary school, high school, or any of that other shit. Hell no. But what I'm learning is like the, your outside existence is hundred percent a reflection of what your internal being is. So your energy waves and all the things you think about and, and, and self-awareness and all the stuff that you're putting out into the universe based on how you feel internally and what you're thinking internally creates this direct representation of what happens to you in the external world. So if you think your relationship sucks, if you think your kids are assholes, if you think all this shit, like you consistently say that. So your mind creates this, this chemical reaction that becomes an automated response. And then you, blah, you say shit you don't mean, right. Or you have a negative, uh, idea of, of your kids or your wife or whatever the relationship may be. And you don't even think about it anymore because now your mind has created this automatic response of when Scott says something, I just go into autopilot and I just respond. And it's usually bad because I don't like Scott or internally I've said, man, Scott aggravates me or whatever the case might be. But I've said it so many times internally that externally that becomes reality. Mm-hmm. So the same thing that we can do from a positive light is, Spend time meditating, spend time going into the theta state, spend time thinking happiness, joy, which is something I, quite frankly, and in full transparency, suck at. So I have to work very, very hard at getting up in the morning. This morning was day one of my new routine. I get up, chug 22 ounces of water, 
feet hit the ground, I save my five gratitude pieces. It is forced right now because I have to work on it. The activity itself is forced, but what's going to happen? Repetition is going to create an automated response to my body. Therefore, I won't even have to think about it. Pop up, drink water, feet at the ground, bam. Happy about this, excited about that, grateful for this. It's just going to become part of my daily ritual. So that's that's what we're working on now. Those are things that are happening currently that what I was telling Scott before we popped in, like I'm 30 days into this new exploration of like happiness. Ultimately, it's going to get better because I'm tracking it. I'm tracking it every single day. Like I've got my VAs, thank you to you, Scott, that are now working on an Excel system. I said, hey, dudes is my guy. Hey, man, I want to be able to track how many hours of sleep I got per day, how much water I took in per day. Was I happy that day? Did I do things that make me smile? Did I do things that I enjoyed or did I do things that I didn't like? And just track all of these different elements and kind of like the Rob Deerdack. How much of my life am I spending in the silo? And then I'm going to get really, really good at making it efficient. So I can spend less time there and more time in the silos that make me happy. Treating your life like a science experiment, but it's it's taking it way to, to a whole new level. You're looking way deeper. You're looking at the things that actually matter. And then you're tracking and watching those. I've been on this journey for a bit and um, doing the gratitude. I do a gratitude walk. So I'm the same. I wake up. I do my affirmations. I personally yep. do a Bible study. Then I'm out feet on the ground outside and like the first 15 minutes is gratitude. And it took me a long time. It was like one minute was torture at first. Then it became right. Now it's like, I have to literally shut myself off. It's really hard to have a crappy day when you start thinking about all the amazing things in your life. And literally my business went from flaccid and like ups and downs and ups and downs to like a completely different trajectory. Like, like seriously, 200% growth in like a month. And then it would be another 200%. And then, you know, thanks to guys like you referring and being awesome. But, um, yeah. but dude, I'm so excited for what you're doing. Like, I'm so excited. And that tracking, did you get that from uh, Rob Deerdick or did you just kind of come up with that? Or So dude, I've been, I've been uh, obsessively listening to his content. And literally, I think I, I started, I, now I've seen his podcast before, mm -hmm. never, never tuned in. I tuned in, I don't know, four days ago. And it's just been on, that's the only thing I listen to. It's just, I'm, I'm trying to go back all the way to the very beginning. This dude's mind is what, what normal people would consider next level, but I'm, I'm starting to understand it. Prior to two weeks, three weeks ago, like if you were to ask me to track anything, I'd be like, dude, I'm so busy. I don't have time. It's just another thing. I'm aggravated. Like I'm not even thinking about the positivity that comes behind tracking at that moment. I'm just like, screw you. You just want to know what I'm doing. You're just checking in on me, right? That's the that's the internal defense mechanism that pops up. In reality, how the hell do we plan on making anything better if we're not tracking what the hell's happening now? Yep. So again, simple little mind shift created. I don't know how much value because time hasn't caught up yet. Like I'm so immersed in trying to go into this theta state. Have you, are you familiar with the theta state? Yep. Yep. Right. We're like, Hey, have you ever, have you ever left your house to drive somewhere and get to that location and be like, how the flip did I get here? I don't remember anything. So that's the theta state of like truly being immersed on your internal self-awareness and being, and the rest of the world disappears. There's dudes that I'm reading about that can go into theta state, like snap 
done. I'm there because they've trained their body to do it. So like, these are the things that I'm excited to get really, really good at so that I can start to control for the most part, my exterior reality and what's happening. Yeah. That's a lot, lots to it, bro. Dude, there's it's amazing. so much to it. It's so amazing. I've known you for not too long. I mean, it can't be more than five, six months. And yeah, probably. So uh, you may or may not know this about me. I study people and I study it quietly. So I don't, I try not to judge, but you know, I just watch, I watch your responses to things. I watch what they post on, on, on their timelines. I watch the way that they talk. I watch the way they interact with other people. And it was like, boom, I'm like, something's different about Keith. It was like night and day. And so that's why when we first got on the phone, I'm like, what happened? Like, like what happened? All yeah. of a sudden there's something here and let's get in because this is, you know, you know that I really appreciate you and I value you like ridiculously a lot. Like, and I just met you because you invited me some group or I just invited myself to your group. You put it out in the world and I'm like, Hey, I want in and it's changed my life because of the way that you perceive business, the way you talk strength about business. But now you add this layer of the self-development you're going into, dude, you're freaking going to be freaking in, unstoppable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's super exciting to watch. So, like I'm not creepy in the way that I watch people, but for me, it's, just, I, I like to look at the variables of what happens in people's lives. It's, it's, you know, I've been tracking my sleep for a year and a half. I've been tracking my, my habits. I have very, 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 like I have a three hour morning routine. I don't think you know that three freaking hours, no. dude. So, but by the time I'm done with that, I could literally say I'm done for the day. And I feel amazing. I've covered all the important bases and the rest is just gravy. It's like, I'm good yeah. to go. Uh, but I yeah, see you starting to engage too. in this stuff and it's insanely. Yeah, it's definitely, it was, it was, you know, like we were talking before I jumped on here, it was, it was literally one sentence at a communication event or class, if you will, that I went to PCM, I believe is the name of the actual class, but you know, long story short, there's seven different communication styles, right? And, and I'm a persister. Not only am I a persister, but I'm like through and through, through and through and through and through. Like that's the only one. And it also taught me the other communication styles and why I react the way I react around some of those people, right? So like harmonizers, I don't get along. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. I used to not get along with those individuals because I didn't know how to communicate with them. I was just like, oh man, this guy's really creepy. He just wants to hug me and everything is also happy. And all he wants to know is why I'm so angry and like, bah right? Old me. Brah, I'm not angry. No, dude, you're so angry that you don't even know you're angry. Like you just run the earth with stress. And like, that's, that's the driver, but coming up through the military, going through law enforcement, like that's what we tricked ourselves to believe. That's what we were told. Like stress is great. You're going to operate the best under stress. You're going to operate the best under heightened awareness and all the cortisol and all the adrenaline and all this other shit. Dude, like disaster. Fuck, no wonder the police officers die six mm. months after they retire. Like their body's looking for all these chemicals to show up in their life and adrenaline and cortisol and all. It's not there anymore because they're sitting on the couch. So all of these things were racing through. And this guy was like, he hit me with the line. He's like, hey, you're a persister. I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, you're the most judgy individual on the planet. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yep. You ever find yourself belittling people and berating people and beating them down? I'm like, mm, yep. He's like, yeah, dude, that's, that's who you are genetically. That's just who you are. Goes, so you're going to have to bust your ass to get out of that bubble. You're just not going to have the relationships you want. 
your business isn't ever going to get to the where you want it because you're not going to have the people to help you support. Like all these things piled up and I'm like, shit, dude, like that's crazy. So that was the sentence that kind of like opened my ears to let me hear it and not just listen. And then I just started paying attention to it. And that things about that conversation just continuously started to show up in other conversations over the next two weeks. I was flipping through Facebook, Ryan Stuman put on, you know, the leaders are readers. I didn't even think about that book when I hit it. I was just like, you know what? I saw it. I'm like, I'm just going to join. It's April 28th. This is the May book. I'm just going to join and start reading along with these guys because I need to learn. And this will be a way that I can keep myself accountable. So this book showed up after uh, an employee business owner meeting, which didn't go very well because I was aggravated, super annoyed already entering in, blah, blah, blah. Moral of the story is like, I was told like, hey, we're, we're going to end this meeting because it's not beneficial. Like all you want to do is snap, talk, you're stressed. We can tell, like, go relax. Then this book shows up. Breaking the Habits of Being Yourself. Dude, couldn't have been a more timely book. For no reason other than I just saw Ryan post it and I hit buy. That's it. And so I dug into this book in the first two or three chapters. It was like, hey, all about your internal makeup and, and how you control your energy and what, what your true energy waves do. And so I started like reading with intent instead of just reading to read. And now this thing has thrown me on a whole different platform of the journey. And as you can tell, it's feast or famine. I'm either a thousand percent into something or I'm not in it at all. And this just happens to be one that I'm a thousand percent on. I think you, if you're going to be in a thousand percent on this one, it's going to become habit. It's going to become normal and you'll just operate in this manner. And that's mm-hmm. a key. Like I can buy all day long. I think it's, it's a Keith that's going to be unstoppable. You said something earlier about um, the story the guy was telling about on the plane. Uh, yeah. I'd love for you to reshare that. Yeah. So this was last week in a mastermind in Texas. Kent Clothier showed up and poured into the group for about an hour. And Kent's just a, a, a crusher in the world of business. So he shares a little bit of a story. And, you know, he, he said, hey, there, there's one thing in common that all of us have. And now we're in a room of, of 40, 50, 60 CEOs from all over the country, both you know, smaller up and emerging businesses to eight and nine figure businesses. So we had a, a multitude of people in the room. He said, everyone in here uh, and, and myself included share something. Like we all started in this proverbial space of like, you have to just grind. You just have to go grind, 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 grind. And that's all you got to just go work and then look up one day. And like, we've all fallen into this trap of like, hey, I'm going to bust my ass for the next five years so I can spend time with my kids. Or I'm going to bust my ass so I can go buy the new thing when when it's time. Or I'm going to do this for that reason. And he said, everyone falls victim to it, right? Because we all gain this passion of our company. Like, oh my God, this is the thing. Well, he said, what, what is that going to do to you? And what is that time in the waiting period going to do? Like you're 35,000 feet up in the air, electrical smoke fills the cabin. You look back over your right shoulder. You can look into your daughter's eyes. You can look into your wife's eyes, but you can't do anything because you're not allowed to get up and go confront them and consult with them. Right? So this dude's like, you know, the proverbial captain seems like we have an issue. Please brace for impact. We're going to make a hard landing, right? An emergency landing. So this dude's like flipping out. And he said that was his aha moment. Like, nothing matters except time. Time's the only thing that matters. So then that made the, the, it flipped his kill switch. So instead of working to work, his new passion was, I need to work to get my time back. 
So what are we doing today? What decisions are we waiting on? Why are we waiting, postponing, pushing shit down the road on the next hire, on the next acquisition, on the next whatever? If you know that that gets you to a space where you have time back, what are we waiting on? And it made a lot of really good sense of like, I can, I can identify millions of times in my business, family life, whatever, personal relationships where like, we just didn't make a decision for the, for the sake of quote unquote, not being ready. Mm-hmm. Well, well, when are you going to be ready? Are you going to be ready when that plane starts to go down and you're like, oh shit, man, I need to rewrite this whole chapter of my world. And then I heard the other day too, like one thing's going to happen. You're going to die. And one day your life's going to flash in front of your eyes. So fucking make it worthwhile. Yeah. Right. So all these little things keep popping up in my world, which keeps pushing me into this even deeper. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's really cool. My story is in 2009, I realized that I was working, I was doing full-time career and I had a business and I was literally working 4.30 a.m. till about 9 p.m. at night. I came home one night, lights were out in the house and it's like, it slapped me across the face. Like, dude, you are, you don't know your family. I had had two young boys at home. I was losing connection with my wife and it was all in the name of, you know, supporting my family. And um, I made decision. I asked my wife, I'm like, what if I just close the business? Sequence of events. I ended up closing that business to a debt of $350,000, like literally overnight. But just the circumstances that they went and I paid it all off. I didn't claim break bankruptcy, but people like that's, you you should have done X. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like what I got immediately back which I didn't know how to do yet, but I got what I got immediately back was time to spend with my family. And it took me about two years to get to the place where I actually understood how to spend time with my family and not worry about the money and all the other things. But I don't want anybody else to be there. And I don't think you do either. Like we, we, no, is- we, we got a, we got a bad rule in my house. Like if someone tries to show up, it's not going to work out. The kids are crazy. <laughs> They're not going to let it happen. Yeah. Right. You know, if I'm not here, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa. Like if Deanna was, was gone, like, you know, they ain't letting nobody else move in. That's a fact. So we actually got on here to talk about financial stuff, but I'm, I'm, I was just really excited about your, um, your journey. And I think there's going to be a lot more that unwraps as we go. I think there's going to be a lot of value you have to offer other people as you go. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. The, uh, have you changed who you're spending time with? I mean, you talked about the, you know, I know personally, you, you kind of leveled up in your mastermind membership and then th- that's exposed you to new things. Do you attribute that a lot to this change? Well, I ended up going up to the next level prior to all this happening, but it's interesting, right? Because my very first executive meeting at the new mastermind was that communication class. So that was like my initial exposure. And now like 20 days later, 30 days later, we're completely off in right field and I'm like researching and, and learning and doing things that I never thought I would spend time on. It hasn't had a ripple effect on, on who I hang with. And I've always been really like, I've been different with that. You hear a lot of times like you become, you know, there's, there's truth to all of it. Right. But like you become who you hang out with. Right. And and you only want to hang out in rooms of where people can make money with you, blah, blah, blah. Well, I got some really damn good friends that could give two shits about money and they're the most happy people I've ever met. But, and, and they're some of the most loyal friends of mine. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't have this whole, you got to be at a certain threshold. I don't, you know, I don't have that, but I do, I am starting to take inventory 
on who I hang out with. It's an energy vampire, right? Because fuck those guys. And then who I hang out with that give me energy in a positive manner. So that's been, that's been a, that's part of this book, another book that I'm looking into than reading. And uh, it's just like, you always got to be consistently asking yourself about everything happening around you because it's all happening for a reason. You just got to get down to the reason because it, 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 it starts internally mm-hmm. and that's how you fix it. So it, it hadn't really affected who I spent time with at this point, but it's made me more thoughtful of who I'm around and what's going on. So to, to your point, I'm silently watching and listening a lot more in a non creepy way. Yeah. Well, you learn a lot that way. I mean, there's just so yeah. much to learn from that perspective. I mean, I, I'm like, what is it about that person I admire and what can I take from them and learn to incorporate? And then what is it about that person that drives me crazy? And what can I alleviate from my life that might mirror that a little bit? And um, That's right. yeah, so, but to do that, you have to be around other people. You can't isolate yourself. You've got to, you've got to just put yourself in rooms. You got to put yourself in meeting groups. You got to do the things that matter and it can't just be your group at work i mean that's that's not necessarily where the magic happens all right it's your uh you do financial consulting um financial coaching like dude i've heard some of your stuff and it's pretty freaking awesome it's different right and it's uh something that we have been putting together for a while and business partner claudio gambin down in orlando but really it's a it's a business consulting firm so we have a couple different avenues that we operate in. Uh, we have a wealth management company where you know your traditional financial planning occurs, right? Retirement planning, some are retirement income certified professional by the American College. You know, there's investments that we do there, life insurance, and just different tools out there that we have access to from a, a non-biased point of view. So uh, having the ability to use any company and really any solution for the most part um, is helpful for the clientele. But Really where I spend a ton of my time focusing is working with growth-oriented entrepreneurs. And really what we've done in the consulting side for Tideland Consulting is we've created a non-biased ecosystem of solutions really to help uh, each entrepreneur kind of journey through where they're at. You know, where it mostly makes sense for, for our firm typically is, is about a million and a half to two million of revenue. And typically those are the folks that are running and gunning, trying to get to the three to five and then the five to 10 and, and so on and so forth. So the idea is, is really there's a couple pillars that we help in. Asset protection, which is really from the from the very bane of the existence in the business. Like how are you structured? LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp, holding company, trusts. So going in and, and reorganizing how folks are, are kind of set up so that they can maximize their protection on how they own everything. And also that kind of parlays into some of the ability for us to work in the tax mitigation world with tax strategy planning. Mm-hmm. So that's defensive. Uh, then we, we risk management is basically we run quarterback and audit all, all things insurance. Uh, we don't sell any of that stuff just because we don't want it to feel like it's a bait and switch opportunity. But you know, truthfully speaking, if we don't have the foundation and, and really the moat that we build around the castle secure, then building the wealth and building the machine much more past that is, is iffy, right? Because well, what if you get sued and what if this happens and, and you're, you know, you're a mess. So Buttoning up, ensuring up all of the defense so that your insurance is in a good place. You have the right stuff. It's it's the right definitions, the right contracts. We've got your organization structured the right way. Then we get into the fun stuff, right? The, the sexy conversations. 
you know, how do we, how do we utilize the tax code for what the tax code's used for? Well, that's for business owners to pay as little taxes as possible. You know, we, here's a popular thing, right? Every single president refuses to turn over their tax returns. Why? Well, they don't pay in taxes because they have people that are really, really, really smart helping them utilize the tools that are, that are available. So real estate, cost tags, and all these things that are there so that you can drive down your bottom line, not pay taxes, but you don't harm the value of your business. So tax strategy planning, and then it's, you know, growth oriented planning. So how do you want to grow? How do you want to scale? What does that look like? What's the succession plan? Are you selling? Are we keeping? Are you passing it to generation two? Yeah, so basically taking them from where they're at, learning the, the ropes on you know, where are we trying to get to, reverse engineering that, buttoning up everything in between and making sure that you know, the client really just has one point of contact to handle a multitude of services for themselves so that they can focus on the business and, and you know, pushing more revenue through instead of, you know, I wonder if my uh, PNC insurance is, is accurate. You know, I wonder if my estate planning documents are current. You know, what happens if I don't show up tomorrow? Why am I paying 600 grand in taxes? Like these questions need to be answered. You know what I mean? So that's what we've created. It's, you know, we're blessed. It's what the industry has proven that, that this model is needed. Mm-hmm. And we're busy. Yeah. You know, we're grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I really like what you're doing. And it, it's so incredibly important because a lot of people are just wandering. I wandered for a long time. I'm working on getting that path in, in the mm-hmm. right direction. And it, it's, it's really interesting. I'm a lot older than you. I'm 50 or I'm 49. I'm aging myself already. And uh, only eight years, bro. Yeah. It, you, you think about it and you're, you know, I'm like, man, only if, but that, that's not the way I look at it. The look, the way I look at it is it's like moving forward. I gotta, I gotta focus forward, but you put out some content. You put out all sorts of really cool content, TikTok, Instagram. You guys just got to follow uh, Keith Tideland Consulting. Uh, is it Tideline Keith, I try to try to remember which no, one it is. It's uh, your business, your biz advisor. Yeah, your biz advisor. And I was like watching your content, and you started talking about credit for kids, and like little bells went off because about my son's eighteen, about turned nineteen, and he's not going to college yet, or if he does, whatever, he doesn't care. He's like, I don't, I don't have a direction that would push me into college. I want to go experience things. I want to learn how to be an entrepreneur. I want to learn. And so I'm like, you need to start developing your credit. So we applied for credit cards and he got denied over and over and over again because he's not going to college. Literally, they're like, oh, if you were going to college, we'd give you a credit card. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Like, what in the world? And I, I literally gave up. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm like, just go start developing. Here's your get your checking account going. Use a debit card. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And then you post this thing about, oh, you know, get your kids a credit card through you. It starts to develop their credit. So of course I did that. I'm like, parents need to know this stuff. And then there's so many little tricks that right. you can do as a parent, like paying your kids. Like it's not just so your kids have money. There's a huge advantage here. So I'd love for you to kind of rip off or, or, or rant on a few of those things that you kind of talk about. Yeah. So the, the credit card one's awesome. Right. And then like, if you go watch that post, you got a bunch of people like, Oh, why would you give your kids a credit card and let them run the streets? Like because I'm not both giving of them, them yeah, no. well, and I'm not giving them a platinum American Express and sending them like on their way, right? So like they're literally you can put your kids on most credit cards as a authorized user at like the age of 12 and 13. Like some are hit or miss on 12, most of them are pretty good on 13. You know, they have a card 
a hundred percent. But if you hand that card to them, then, then I got choice words for you. That's not the most brightest thing you could do. This card never gets used. It just, it stays in my safe. I use my card to the, to the tune of a lot every month and they get, you know, they get good treatment out of it. Their credit score gets impacted. It helps them start to build a history, you know, and, and then what turns into like, buying real estate and doing all kinds of things before you're 18 years old become a reality because you got credit and you got history of income. So like you, there's all these like DSCR loans and different things that you don't have to have like a personal credit guarantee that you can go out and get in a business name. So like that parlays into paying your kids. Paying your kids is is a nice way to, to kind of alleviate a lot of money off the tax bracket in the business. So our kids get paid every single year. They definitely do work, right? That's a requirement. You can't just pay your kids to sit at home on the Xbox. But the girls do work, right? They help around the office. They do whatever I need them to do. That's not interfering with their school, right? That's one requirement. And it cannot really go against the child labor laws. So you can't put them in, in physical harm. But if you abide by that and you keep the minutes and you keep the time that they're working and you justify why you paid them, you can pay them tax free up to thirteen thousand eight hundred and fifty bucks this year. That's the each. federal level. Yeah, each. Wow. Now that's the federal standard deduction level. So states, some states supersede that. I think like Alabama has like a six thousand dollar limit. That doesn't mean that you you can't pay them up to the thirteen. That just means you're going to pick up some tax liability on the delta. So it's all doable. But you know, think through like Florida, no state tax, right? They get paid thirteen eight fifty this year each tax free into their bank account, and then what we do with the money is kind of at our discretion since it goes into a savings account with my name at the top, right? Their children. We've got clients that buy real estate for their kids. We've got clients, you know, that put that into IRAs. We've got clients that put that into five twenty nine planning wherever they want to put it. But just imagine this opportunity within your business to move, you know, just call it twenty six thousand dollars tax free from one pocketbook to the other. Right. And that's just a pure example of the tax code being given to us to use. And if we use it correctly, we get to shelter some tax. Yep. You know, so, so these, those are the little opportunities along the way that ultimately, you know, under perpetuity, that's a big number. Yeah, it is. You know, and the fact of the matter is, you know, my kids are going to be in a position where they have a few pieces of real estate each before they hit college. You know, so they have that cash producing and that's, this is the money that we're going to be using for that stuff. That's rad. Not everybody is in that position, um, but you know, this is, that was specifically for maybe business owners, you know, self-employed type folks, the credit card one, did you say they don't have to spend on it? They don't have to actually use it? No, they, they, you know, your expenses on your credit card are helping their, you know, you're not getting them a credit card. So here's the deal. You're not co-signing for a credit card for them. I'm calling up my American Express personal platinum card. I'm calling up my American Express gold, my Chase, Sapphire, all the things. And I'm just putting them on as an authorized user. And I'm allowing them to have their, their basically social security tied to my account. Gotcha. And so, so long should, as I'm being a good dad and paying the bills and, and doing all the things the right way, they get the benefit. So I should put them on more than one card. You should put them on as many as you can. Wow. So long as you are being a good steward of your own money and making timely payments. Now this, you know, these are, these are credit cards that you want to pay off every month. Yep. 
You don't want to hold a balance. You, you don't want that negative impact going because if you hit 31 days and you have a real stickler of a credit card, they're going to file a late pay report and that's going to kill your kid's credit right out of the gate. So you got to be mindful. You got to be a student of that and just make sure that these cards are getting paid off every single month, period. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's something Kim and I could have been doing for like for a long time already. And Bryson at 18, now not, almost 19, would have been running out of the gates with credit. Uh, you know, too little, too late for me. We're starting now. It's fine. But I'm just saying like, parents pay attention. Yeah. Grand, pay grandchildren. Attention. Yeah. Not only can you do that for your kids, but grandkids, right? If you're in that phase of life. Same thing with paying, not just your kids, you can pay your grandkids. So if you're oh, in wow. that phase of life, you know, you have a business and uh, you want to be able to pay it forward to the grandkids, then that's another opportunity with the same rules as far as how much you pay them. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff, man. That's yeah. really good. So before we run out of time, I, I, saw, I joined a call that you run every week this morning. I try to join it every Monday. And I like come in and you're like, I bought a Ferrari. Wait, what? <laughs> And dude, I just think it's, I, I'm not doing this to lift you up. I'm just, I think it's incredibly important to explain to people. And I hope you're okay with me saying this, by the way. Too late. <laughs> you're good. No, you're good. Is this where you, where you start to judge me? Um, yeah. yeah. No, literally. Are you, are you comfortable talking about that? I should have asked you beforehand. Yeah, it's fine. No, no yeah. it's out there. It's out there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, but I, I want everybody to just put your things aside right now, because what hey, I don't really judge me. What I really respect about this is that it is absolutely calculated investment type of action. And I think it's a really important way for people to understand that you're really probably not thinking big enough if you're thinking about how you can leverage certain things in your life. And this is just a really good example on all sorts of levels, but it really made me think. Yeah. So the reality is this, like I've been saying that, that this is, I don't know if you want to call it dream car, trophy car. Like this is the proverbial moment in time where I quote unquote have made it. So if you've known me for any period of time, chances are you've heard me say that. Like I'm going to buy a Ferrari one day. I'm going to buy a Ferrari one day. I know a buddy of mine, Frank Mango, has heard me say this for years. And he's in the car business. So I kind of shot him this car. And he's like, oh, you're actually going to finally do it. Like what the took you so long? So I don't want to buy the car just to buy the car, to sit in the garage, to collect dust, to not get any miles put on it. but I started thinking through like, how could we leverage it through business? And, and one of my mentors, who, who Claudio Gambin, I kind of copied him, frankly, right? And I don't know, probably 8, 10, 11 years ago now, for whatever time span it's been, as he and I were starting our career in the financial planning space, he just was like, I'm going to go buy a, I'm going to go buy a Ferrari. And I'm going to join the Ferrari club. And I'm going to write as much business as I can in that club through relationships and, and all that stuff that I'm going to pay the car off. So he gambled on himself. And I was like, dude, at the time, I'm like, there's no F and Y, like not even a possibility. Well, the possibilities arrived. And essentially, I'm using it as a tool to gain access to the next room, right? So yeah, it's, it's a pretty damn big gamble. But, you know, this is me. I, I gamble myself heavy uh, because I know... I'm just going to get the job done. It's going to work out because I'm I'm, I'm going to now I'm I'm going to have so much internal thought process around it and I'm going to experience it in my meditation that it's just going to happen. So, I'm getting involved in in a couple clubs around here, you know, and and frankly that's really why I wanted to get it. A to say that I can and B, you know, to to kind of use it as a, another marketing tool if you will. Well, I think it's very it needs to be very clear 
because I think a lot of people outside of the business world probably drawing judgments. And marketing is literally the art of getting yourself in front of your audience. Yeah. And if that means, you know, wearing a certain kind of clothing, that's marketing. If that means making sure that you feel comfortable in a certain room that those people are in, you need to invest in yourself to feel comfortable sitting in a room that those people are in. If that means sure. buying a car where you can actually go to the same events, talk to them about the same things, that investment, that ROI is going to be seen. I think, I honestly think it's brilliant. Like if, if you were selling, if you were a, let's take our friend Mitch, who's got, I mean, for, for a plumbing business, it's actually, he's done a really freaking phenomenal job. He's got so much more than a plumbing business, but would a Ferrari make sense for him? Right? Like, well, maybe not, maybe you just don't know. But, but for you, when your client is seven plus figure, that makes sense. Well, we're going to, we're going to find out certainly, you know, and the good thing too, like I'm, I'm just going to list the Ferrari for sale as soon as I get it, you know, for, you know, 20, 30 grand more than I paid for it. And if it sells in four months, great. I'll buy something different. So I've got, it's calculated on a few fronts. Like I have an exit strategy. If it, if it tanks, you know, I'm buying something that, that probably will go up in value over the next few months. I'm using it as a tax strategy, right? Cause I'm leasing the vehicle to my company, which is a deductible opportunity within business. So I'm going to take advantage of some tax savings while I have it. I'm going to allow it to get me into more rooms. So you know, the, the tool itself is no different than us paying 50, 60, 70 grand to be in a mastermind. Right. Right. The, the, the tool is money on one hand and the tool is a, an object on another that I can just drive really fast and turn a lot of heads. And so I want to utilize that tool for all of the experiences and all the people that it's going to allow me to meet, whether that's a little kid at the gas station who's just in awe or it's, uh, you know, someone in business that I meet at, at a car meetup or, you know, caffeine enclosures, or, you know, there's a few different ones nationwide. But if I don't have the tool, I'll never understand what that experience can do for me. So instead of wait, I'm just going to execute. And I decided to pull the trigger. Can't you Turo or do something to that nature as well? Yeah. And you know, that's another thing. Like if this thing fails and I meet zero people, which let's just be honest, it's probably never going to happen. Then I can, you know, there's a couple exotic car places around town that that rent them out. So I know that, that I can go, you know, co-sign or whatever, consign, put it on consignment at one of their locations and they can rent it out for me. I can make cash flow that way. I will make money off this car one way or another. I've got it all lined out as far, okay, if this one fails and I got this option, if that one fails, I got this option, if that one fails then I'll just, I'll sell the damn thing for what I paid for it and move on. But I don't think that'll be an issue. No, I mean, I, I was listening to you kind of talk about all of it and there's a high level of respect because you you have to take a risk. Businesses in itself is a risk. Like, in, but you're betting on yourself, right? And that's, you're just basically extending that to a different level. Have a little bigger. Wait, you haven't gotten it yet, right? I have not. No, I um, bought it from Scott Simons. By the way, mm -hmm. if you're ever in a in oh need a car, gosh. like Scott's the guy to go to, right? TMA yeah. up in in Staunton, Virginia. You think he's like, I don't know, 20 dealerships. I don't know. How, he's got a ton. I'm getting it to, uh, from him. And it's, you know, just on a call with him a couple weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting a Corvette. I'm going to sell the Ferrari. And I was like, oh, huh, let's look at that. And then I just didn't force it, which kind of talked about it. And he sent me a text this morning saying it was getting detailed. So hopefully I'll have it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. That's awesome. I, I, have, to, I have to give you mad props for doing a Ferrari over a Lambo. <laughs> I've always yeah, been a Ferrari guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's all I've ever really said. So 
here's the worst case is I don't like it. I sell it and then I can, you know, figure it out from there. Then you can get a Lambo. <laughs> but I think a Ferrari is better personally. I just, you're seeing less of them right now. And I really like that. But I just, I, I think I w- really what I wanted to draw, draw attention to was strategy. Like you talk yeah. about the strategy for getting your kids credit. You talk about the strategy of, you know, getting your communication and your mind in check. This has all been about strategy. Every single thing you, we talked about has a strategy, a very thought out process centered strategy to, to get you where you want to be. Like you've been in the military, you went from the military. Let me see if I got this right. You went into the military to LEO, like law enforcement, right? Yeah. Then you started with a, like a jump house type or, or a party type delivery yeah, service house company. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you go 20 grand on a business name that hadn't been, you know, they had, they had been out of business for 14 years. Ooh. I liked the name. I thought the name could ring. I felt, felt like I could market it, even though at that point in my life, I didn't know that I was marketing the name. Like that's how ignorant I was to business. Yeah. Right. Um, just like, Hey, uh, at that point in time, business was like, how the hell with, you know, I was making 38 grand a year or some shit like that. Being a law enforcement officer, wife was home with two little kids. I was working overtime. I was never home. So I was like, how the, like, there's gotta be a better way. So this bounce house thing came around, gave it a shot, ran with it, put a, put a decent business together, sold it. And that's kind of what led me in. I was able to quit law enforcement altogether, run the business for some short months, got into a position to sell it, which I didn't think would ever happen because I didn't know anything about selling a business back then. I didn't even know that was a, a thing. Frankly, I just was like, oh man, this is going to be a great lifestyle business. And hopefully one day I don't have to work so hard at it because I was working midnights at the sheriff's office and working all day long at the business. So burning the candle at both ends. And that's kind of where this automatic, like just grind. That's all I, I just, all I knew was just grind. You pissed off at home, just go work. Pissed off at work, just keep working. Right. And so that, you know, that one thing led to another. And, and ultimately that's kind of the evolution of I got lucky and then I got purposeful which was, was kind of where that transition changed. So did you go straight from the bounce house to, or the, you know, the party bouncers, whatever you call them, I can't think of it. Did you go straight from that to finance and roundabout? I mean, there was some time in between where I didn't do anything, but then all my friends worked. I was yeah. like, well, this is, this is boring. I tried. Uh, that. I think I was like 30, I don't even know how old I was, 32 when I sold. So I was like, yeah, let's, I don't really have to do anything. I had one friend who didn't really work. You know, he was uh, kind of took every, took care of everything at home. His wife owns a, a you know an awesome puppy store, so they were in a space to do that. But then hanging out with him got boring. This is miserable. So then I, you know, one thing led to another. I got recruited at, into the, the game and by a friend at that time, and here we are, eleven years later, twelve years later. It's really interesting. A lot of guys are like, oh, I'd retire if I could. I'm like, really? Because I did the same oh. thing. I probably did it maybe eight months. We're not working. I was fine financially. Money's coming in. Like, I'm just going to chill. And it was hell. It it, it was like, this is dumb. And I've just decided, like, I literally, John Maxwell says, no finish line. He's like, there's no finish line. Like, right. The goalposts keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to a gentleman this weekend at at an event. He's like, oh, I'm just going to sit on the beach. Because I said, what are you going to do when you retire? Because it's only five years away for him. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to be, I'm going to live wherever there's a beach. I'm going to sit on the beach. And I said, really? I literally just said, really? Do you really, you really plan on just sitting on a beach? He's like, well, yeah, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably going to work at the airport and (laughs) 
do something. I was like, yeah, like, yeah. Why retire? Like, why? Yeah, I don't, and I don't know where the hell that myth came from. Like this, this perfect world of like, hey, I'm, I'm just gonna shut down one day and and quit, and then just have this complete and utter life change that makes sense. You may, you may. I'll give you that. There, there are some special individuals that have the ability to do that. I am not one of them. It's apparent. Me neither. Uh, I would, I would be absolutely miserable. Everyone around me would be miserable. It would not be a good look. So, you know, I will always be in business, which is what I'm setting myself up for now by buying the real estate, by buying, you know, the the things that have nothing to do with Tideland Consulting. Because mm-hmm. when I when I'm ready to transition to the next chapter, it's just like the focus just changes to the next thing. It's not. <laughs> what am I going to do at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, or or twelve, or four? I- Dude, I started working out three times a day. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> I'm even yeah. getting bored doing this. So yeah, I, I just think it's really important for us to think about that thing. And you have, you've been, you've been investing in some really cool things that are going to take some time and you'll have, you can just keep playing in those. And I think that's a really good thing for people to think about is like, not don't just strategize what you're doing now, but strategize how you're going to handle and do things later when circumstances change. Maybe you're financially yeah. free. You've got no reason to work money wise. But what about your purpose? What about your energy? What about, you know, what is, what is twiddling your thumbs going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, no plan stays static, you know, and, and here's the deal too. Like, let's take it up a notch from there. Like, cool, retire. You may have enough wealth today. What happens in 10 years from now when taxes change? What happens when, That's true. who knows, currency, you know, what happens? Like, there's going to be a lot of shift, a lot of changes coming up in the financial world. We've seen it, banks, and we've seen currency issues, and we've seen GDP issues, and and all these things. Like, just because you're good today doesn't mean you don't need to be like continuously thinking about how do you get in front of shit that will come up in the future. You may not yeah. have to get back to work. You definitely ha- need a blueprint. Yeah, that's good. That's really oh. good, dude. I really appreciate your your insight to everything. It's been. Uh, uh, you know, I've been following you for a while, obviously I've been paying attention and it's moved the needle for me. Like just even the stuff you're putting out there is moving the needle. It's also what one place where I, I think people need to focus in on is learn the stuff that you're putting out and let it move the needle in your head so you can start to take action on it and it'll move the needle in your finances and in your business and whatever it is that you're doing and in your kid's future, like literally the kid's future, like start planning. Don't, like, oh, we, we don't have time, but we, I mean, we could go into all the traditional ways people s- save money for their family, for their kids. Yeah. And it, it really backfires. It's not done right. So Most I really of the appreciate time it. it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That old traditional way of thinking is, you know, not no longer traditional. Yeah. It's so true. Money's changed. Uh, so your biz advisor on Insta. Um, I think all of them, if my, my VA is pretty much got, I think all of them, uh, Facebook yeah. is Keith Gauze, G-A-U-S-E the yeah. norm. Yeah. Your VA is crushing it on the social media side. So you can find, you can find Keith out there and then there's uh tidelandconsulting.com, I believe. So right. yep. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for coming Absolutely, on. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Enjoyed right. it. Right on everybody. Thanks for joining. We'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. 
If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. 